0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the podcast version of Scripps' 5 Must Know Things, this time for the Business Week ended 2nd October 2020. This is Ian Haydock. This week the industry pushes back on claims it could move even faster on coronavirus vaccines, promising results for a COVID antibody cocktail, US House hearings on pricing get off to a slow start, top-level executive changes and a post-acquisition update. Moderna CEO Stefan Bansell pushed back on claims by US President Donald Trump that politics is slowing the development of a COVID-19 vaccine. Speaking during the Financial Times Pharma and Biotech Summit on 30th September, he said, Nobody since we started this race against the virus in early January, from any party, from any branch of government, from any country, has asked us to go faster or to go slower. Jessica Merrill reports that Bancel was asked to respond to comments made by Trump during the US presidential debate on 29 September that vaccine manufacturers could move even faster to get a vaccine to market if it weren't for politics. Bancel said he could not comment on any discussions he has had with the president, but did reiterate November as a timeline for when he expects to have efficacy and safety data from the phase three trial testing Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. Trump had said during the debate that a vaccine will be coming within weeks. Staying with the virus, early data for Regeneron's REGN-COV2 show the antibody cocktail has promise in treating non-hospitalised COVID-19 patients, with the most significant results in individuals who have not had an antibody response against the infection. The first data from an analysis of the first 275 treated patients in a Phase 1-3 to trial showed the targeted antibody reduced viral load and time to alleviation of symptoms. But it only showed clear benefits in seronegative individuals who had not generated their own antibodies, Andrew McConaughey reports. One of the most illuminating findings of the study was the surprisingly high number of patients with confirmed infection found to be seronegative, which was around 41%. About 45% of patients were seropositive and 14% were categorised as other, due to unclear or unknown serology status. The study also found that this serological status was highly correlated with baseline viral load. However, the preliminary nature of the data and its benefits being limited to a subset of patients who first require a serology test meant that medical experts remain cautious about any possible US emergency use authorization. The U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee launched hearings into abusive drug pricing practices on 30 September. But the potential drama of the initial session was undercut as two witnesses could claim the activities being criticised did not happen on their watch. Bristol-Myers Squibb CEO Giovanni Cafforio, former Celgene CEO Mark Ales and Teva CEO Carrie Schultz fielded roughly four hours of questioning, on pricing practices for Revlimid and Copaxone, respectively. Cathy Kelly writes that the hearing focused on substantial price increases and efforts to block generic competition. But the impact of the first session was diluted because the practices being probed occurred when different CEOs ran the companies that owned the drugs. Kaforio became responsible for Revlimid in November 2019 when BMS acquired Celgene and Schultz joined TAVA in September 2017. That allowed the two execs to mostly avoid culpability and blunted accusations levelled by Democrats at the hearing. Former Celgene CEO Mark Ales, who also appeared as a witness, took the toughest questions on Revlimid, but is no longer in position to set company policy. Belen Gorijo, head of Merck KGAA's healthcare division, will take over from Stefan Oschmann as chief executive of the German group next year taking to two the number of female Big Pharma CEOs in the Big Pharma Top 20, alongside GlaxoSmithKline's Emma Walmsley. Gariho, who has been appointed as the new chair of the executive board as well as CEO, will take over on the 1st of May next year. Oshman is leaving Merck as planned after 10 years on the board, five of them as chairman and CEO. Kevin Grogan reports that the appointment of the Spaniard comes as no great surprise given that she is already Deputy CEO as well as Healthcare Chief. Griho joined Merck in 2011 as COO of the biopharma business after holding a number of executive positions at Sanofi. Johannes Bayou, Chairman of the Board of Partners at Merck, said Griho has done excellent work in transforming our healthcare business sector. As the one-year anniversary of Bristol-Myers Scripps' $74 billion acquisition of Celgene Approaches, Scripps' Mandy Jackson spoke with Chief Medical Officer Samit Hirawat about the firm's achievements as the COVID-19 pandemic threatened to derail clinical trials and the sharper spotlight on the industry's lack of diversity. Key products such as Opdivo delivered positive results in important studies and won new approvals since the BMS-Celgene merger closed last November. However, Bristol promised Celgene shareholders an additional payout if three key product candidates were approved by certain dates, and the company has struggled to meet those deadlines, though approvals for the final two therapies may come through just in time. Nevertheless, Hirouat described the BMS R&D team's achievements over the past 10 months as remarkable, given the challenge of keeping programmes on schedule during the pandemic. BMS has responded to concerns about racial inequality with a $300 million commitment that includes training clinical trial investigators from diverse backgrounds and increasing the diversity of participants in the company's clinical trials, Hirouat said in the interview. The CMO joined Bristol from Novartis, where he was Head of Oncology Development. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. And don't forget to sign up, sign in and set up to receive these full stories and much more digital content, including our popular regular columns such as Finance Watch. There's also now an Informer Pharma Intelligence skill for Alexa under the Business and Finance category, which allows easy voice access to this and all of our podcasts. Thanks, and bye for now.